Are you a Catholic woman who loves your faith, but finds certain aspects of living it out challenging and confusing? Are you a Catholic wife striving for a healthy, holy marriage and sex life, but don't know where to turn for straightforward, faithful, nitty-gritty answers to some of your deep and delicate questions? Are you a Catholic mom who's tired of the compare and despair game we all fall victim to on social media, and are just in need of some solidarity as you discover your own unique motherhood? Are you tired of the sunshine and rainbows pitch and want to lean into the both and of the mess that happens when the truths of our faith get lived in a fallen world? Well, if that's where you find yourself, you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Emily Frazee, your host of the Total Wine Podcast. I'm here to dig deep and tackle topics that we are all curious about, but maybe too afraid to ask. I'll answer it all with honesty and humor because living the faithful life can make you either laugh or cry. And well, laughing burns more calories. Welcome to the show. Well, hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Total Wine Podcast. As you heard in the intro, I pronounced my last name as Frazy. I know a lot of people want to say phrase. It always cracks me up. The only time I use phrase is whenever I'm closing out my bar tab just keeps things simple. But everywhere else, I tell people that phrasey rhymes with crazy, and then they never forget it. So anyway, welcome. I'm so excited to start this project. I have had this in the back of my mind to start for Lord knows how long. And part of me was like, do we really need another podcast? And then part of me was like, you know what? This just sounds like fun. That if there's a topic or something that I want to tackle that I can just jump on and record it, which is also kind of a terrifying prospect. Let's be honest. Like, oh my gosh, she has a microphone now. <laughs> At least with writing, I had to sit on it for a second and I have the power to edit. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. And uh, for my kickoff episode, I wanted to tackle two topics, um, two frequently asked questions that I get rather often and uh, hence frequently asked questions. Uh, but first I just had to tell a little anecdote. Um, so yesterday was, uh, January 1st, the feast of Mary, the mother of God. It was also Sunday. So good on you, liturgical calendar for making those, uh, holy days of obligation fall on a Sunday. Thank you very much for doing that at Christmas as well. Love you for that. Um, bring that around next year. Just kidding. I know you won't. Uh, but we, we were sitting in, uh, mass and, you know, I've got my three kids there and it can be a circus. Um, not always a bad circus, sometimes a, a fun circus. There's a lot of sweet moments, honestly, if you just kind of absorb the sweetness of, you know, children being children and exhausting and crazy as that may be. Well, we get in the pew and, you know, at some point, I forget at one point in mass, it was still during the liturgy of the word. And, um, my son, my three month old just lets out this belch. It was a belch. Okay. Like a belch. And whenever we're at home for context and my son burps, I'm like, you know what? This is what babies are supposed to do. So I praise him. I'm like, good job, buddy. Like, yeah, like that's what you're supposed to do. And, um, you know, kids, they see that and they don't, they don't understand social norms. So in the middle of this, you know, liturgy of the word, probably the first reading or something, I don't remember. He lets out this belch and my two older kids at the top of their lungs, good job, Dominic, way to go. That was such a good burp. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, you know what? That's beautiful that you're praising your little brother. Just, can you do it in a whisper? 
because, you know, we're reading about, you know, this beautiful blessing in the first reading, the Lord, you know, bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you. And we're, you know, detouring to a baby belching. Well, you know, not to be outdone during the homily, the same three month old, um, my husband's holding him and, um, just the loudest, wettest sounding poo you could possibly imagine. (laughs) Just right there in the middle of the homily. And there was, um, three people sitting behind us who they were all gray haired. So I'm going to call them elderly. And, um, I didn't even look behind me, but I just looked at my husband and I just started chuckling. I was like, because of course, of course, of course, this would be happy. This would only be topped if this happened during the middle of the consecration. Um, any, any moment in mass is always topped if it happens during the consecration. Um, this was just the homily. So it was still a quiet, a quiet contemplative moment. And then just, and Anyway, no congratulations from his older siblings for that. But I quickly, you know, whisked him off to the ladies' room to change him and return to my seat. And I just found it hysterical. And I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, these are babies being babies. These are children being children. And I have to think that God, as a good father, looks down upon this and accepts it as its own very odd form of praise. So with that... Let's dive into some uh, off topic from, you know, babies pooping in church. Um, One of my most frequently asked questions, and it's actually one of my most fun ones to answer, is can I do a boudoir photo shoot? Yeah, I know. Like, I um, I see these advertised all over the place, and I, like... I totally get the draw because it's like, oh my gosh, you're going to feel so good in your body. You're going to feel so confident. And like, oh my gosh, who doesn't want that? Also, I will try to refrain from sounding like a valley girl for the entire episode. Sorry, that just popped out of there. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. It's out of my system. Let's get serious, sort of. Um, I totally get the draw, that desire for confidence. I mean, for Pete's sakes, every single woman is thinking to herself, yes, I need confidence. I like, there are so many parts of me that I don't like, and I just want and need the ability to see myself as beautiful. And if this is going to give me that, sign me up, take my money, let's do this. But then there, you know, you get into this question of like, well, is it moral? Is it okay? Like, is it, Frankly, I don't know the answer to that question as to whether or not it's moral, but I always like to just kind of bring some common sense into this question and just pose some follow-up questions for you to tease out. And I will tease them out for you. I mean, this is a podcast and I'm here by myself. I'm going to talk. So the first thing that comes up is just the fact of how boudoir photos are taken. They are taken by a photographer. This immediately presents a problem because you're showing up in lingerie. Um, I don't know what all is going to be showing, what all is going to be hidden by, you know, a little scrap of fabric. But these things are designed to be worn in front of one particular person, namely your husband. And so already we have this problem of exposing yourself in an 
intimate way before somebody who is not your spouse. I don't care if they're the same sex. It's it's still an issue. It's not about, you know, well, am I causing this other person to lust? No, 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 no. It's about recognizing the intrinsic dignity of your body and that the body is there to be viewed and appreciated by one person in particular, namely your spouse. I've never heard of a man signing up for a boudoir photo shoot, but if you're a guy listening to this and you've thought about it, this applies to you as well. It's the same principle. It's the same principle no matter your sex. So already that's a huge problem, right? That you are wearing garments and assuming poses in front of somebody who is not your spouse. The second problem is... uh, you know, when I talk to women about this, they're all saying, like, I want to surprise my husband. Like, I want to give him something to kind of spice things up. And again, let's recognize the good of that desire, right? Like, I want to please my spouse. That's That's a beautiful desire. That's exactly the way that it should be. The problem is the way that you're trying to please him. In a way, it's not, you're not necessarily pleasing with yourself. You're pleasing him with a photo of yourself. You're pleasing him with a facsimile. Um, And practically speaking, what is he supposed to do with these photos? Like he looks at them, he gets turned on, and, and, and then what? Does it make him more horny and more attracted to you in the moment? Um, is he looking at them at work? Does he need that titillation at work? Is he like getting an erection and then like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? Now I'm distracted. Like, is it a temptation to masturbation? You know, I mean, these are all serious considerations. Like, what is your husband supposed to do with these photos? Does he keep it in his wallet? Does he keep it on his phone? Well, that presents other problems. What if his wallet gets stolen? What if somebody, you know, he gives his wallet not even thinking and somebody's going through it to grab a credit card because they're picking up the tab for lunch that day, you know, and it slips out. It's like, oh my gosh. What if your kids get access to the phone? What if there's a data breach? I mean, these are all, what are you doing with the photos? Having these photos of yourself, what is your husband doing with them? How are they existing? Are they hard copies? Are they digital copies? Do you want these to be digital copies with the way that data breaches work in this day and age and so on and so forth? Again, it just, there's a lot of, issues there, I would say. And the third thing, it it does come back to this question about that body confidence. In a way, this is, is, you're kind of self-objectifying. You're making yourself into an object because you're reducing yourself to the way that you look in a certain photograph. The, and again, I'm not saying that this is, this does not apply to all photographs. Oh my gosh, any photograph of yourself, you're reducing yourself to an object. No, it's the purpose and the intention behind these photographs, right? You are taking boudoir photos. They're sexy. Okay. That's what they are. They are intentionally sexy. Now, it's not wrong to be intentionally sexy in the proper context. Girl, light it up. But this is taking a photograph of you. It is freezing a moment of you in such a way and for the purpose of seeing yourself in a sexual way. And we know that there is a problem when you reduce the human person 
to a sexual object. This is the problem with porn. I think I, I don't necessarily want to tease out the argument, but I could you could totally make the argument that you're making like home porn, you know, depending on like how this is going. You could take it there easily. The problem is with this whole idea about body confidence, you're freezing a moment in time. You know, maybe you're post baby and, um, you know, you want to see your body in a, in a beautiful light, or maybe you're newly married and you're like, I want to excite my husband. Like, girl, seriously, just walk in naked. That's all he needs. Um, he doesn't need all these photos. Trust me. Um, especially if you've been practicing chastity during your dating life, seriously, just show up naked. That's all he wants. Um, you're potentially even objectifying yourself. You're creating, you're freezing this moment in time that future you may look back on and it may become something that you even compare yourself to. Like, especially if you're taking this early in your marriage and then, you know, you have a few babies, your body's going to change. I don't know. I just, if it was me, I would look back at those photos and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I looked so much better. Why can't I go back to that body? And so you treat your body, it, it kind of makes you look at your body in a certain way as being good in this particular time and place only. And the truth of the matter is, is that your body is good, period. Not because it's in a position or wearing a certain thing or because it did or didn't produce babies. No, no, no. Full stop. Your body is good. So that's those are just things I like to present whenever you're talking about boudoir photos. Ultimately, in case you couldn't tell, I'm kind of like, I think that generally speaking, they're a bad idea. I understand the desires, and I think the desires in and of themselves are good. And I think what's important is to to isolate those desires and say, okay, I want to please my husband. Good desire. I want to be confident. Good desire. I want to see my body in a good way. Good desire. But then how do I direct these desires in such a way that I don't create these other problems? That I do actually treat this holistically. What are ways that I can please my husband? How can I direct myself in, in that way? And it's like the answer is, well, knowledge. How do I get to know my husband? How do I, you know, and then let that knowledge kind of be the way that I start to please him, right? Confidence. Well, what are, what are the impediments to my confidence? What is inhibiting my confidence? And then address that. Seeing my body is good. What is inhibiting me from being able to see my body is good? Is it diet culture? Is it like all of these messages? Am I like ordering magazines and looking at airbrush models? I don't know what's going on. Am I following so-and-so on Instagram? Taking those good desires and then developing an awareness of yourself from them can actually help you direct those desires towards something that is holistically beautiful and not just a thing. So to pivot, because I'm still figuring out the podcast thing, the other question that I wanted to tackle in this episode um, was, can I, can I say the word sex in front of my kids? Now, for context for this, I was literally doing my one and only hair tutorial on Instagram. I had done like the side braid and like twisted it around into a bun and no lie, it's great. Like if your hair is looking really bad and you just kind of want to make it look really fancy, um, 
it's a really easy way to do it. You can go to my Instagram page and try to find it. Um, or maybe I could link it in the show notes. Ooh, there's a thought. Anyway, I was trying to do this hair tutorial and I said it was going to be my one and only because it was going to be horrible. And it was, um, there's a reason why I don't do this. I don't have the desire. I don't have the talent. I could probably develop the talent, but I just don't want to do it. Anyway, point being, my kid's walking around in the background, and I made mention that this was a divergence from my usual Instagram topics of talking about sex and so forth. And of course, my four-year-old's like running around in the background, and I said the word sex, and somebody messaged me, and she was like, is it okay to say sex in front of your kid? And then it turned into this whole thing where I was like, okay, let's address this. Um, yes, you can say sex in front of your kids. In fact, you want to say sex in front of your kids. You want to be the person who introduces sex to your child. Now, obviously, in an age-appropriate manner and in a way that you're, you're building information, you know, kind of thinking about it like, you know, you start off school in kindergarten, you're not learning calculus from the get-go. You're just learning how to write your numbers, right? So think about teaching your kids about sex in the same way. You want to start very basic and then build over over the course of time. Um, and most people are like, well, what the heck does that look like, Emily? I think it's going to look like different things for different people. But first and foremost, you have to call out whether or not this is something that you're comfortable with. Some of you might be listening to this and you're like internally cringing, like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about talking to my kids about sex. Like, this is just the worst. I don't even want to go there. Is there a book I can buy and just give it to them and be like, here you go. That's what you... Yes, you can, but I don't recommend it. And let me explain why. The question is not whether or not your kids are going to find out about sex. The question is when and from whom. That should scare the crap out of you. It should scare the crap out of you so much that whatever fear you have involved with talking to your kids about sex should just go away like a fart in the wind. Okay? Your kids will find out about sex. And you want it to be from you. So how do you start? Well, anatomically appropriate terminology. Use vagina, penis, vulva. Distinguish between vulva and vagina, right? Those are two different things. Vulva is the external genitalia. Vagina is the internal genitalia for women. Um, penis, scrotum, testicles. Use these terms. Those are the scientific terms for these body parts. I call my upper arm bone the humerus. Why? Because that's the name that science has given it. I call uh, my jaw bones the maxilla and the mandible. You didn't know you were getting a biology lesson today, did you? Well, here we go. I call, you know, I have an Achilles heel. I have an Achilles tendon. I have quadriceps. I have a diaphragm. I have lungs, uh, rib cage, right? We have all of these names, all of these scientifically appropriate terms for our body parts. So one easy way to do it is whenever you do, you know, you teach your kids the parts of their body, you know, just start head to toe. Here's your hair and here's your eyes and your mouth and your neck and here's your chest and your belly and your penis and your legs and your feet and your toes, right? And just go down the line like it's nothing. Yep, there's your penis. Cool. And here's your testicles. Just go down the line. 
uh, for both your son and your daughter. That's a great way to start. They're just learning body parts. And if you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, they're going to shout this out in the middle of mass. Emily, you were just, you opened this up with a story about how your kids were praising your baby for belching in the middle of mass. Come on. Those are the funniest stories. Like, are you kidding me? These are the stories you're going to tell at every Thanksgiving dinner. Whenever they bring home their fiance, you're going to be like, you will not believe what little Johnny did whenever he was a baby. Oh my gosh, we were teaching him his body parts and right in the middle of father's homily, he just shouted penis. This is hysterical stuff, okay? This is the stuff that you tell for years. These are funny stories. This is kids being kids. And in that moment, you can say, okay, Johnny, we don't say penis in the middle of mass. Yes, this is your this is your body part, but we don't just shout it out in the middle of the grocery store in the meat section. You know, just there's a time and a place for saying these terms. Um, and if you want an extra reason as to why you need to teach your kids this, um, sexual abuse, guys. Sexual abuse. Sexual abuse is not going is 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 not likely to be perpetrated by a stranger. It is likely to be perpetrated by somebody you trust. Why? Because you're comfortable leaving them, leaving your child with them alone. The way that you help your child, if that were to happen to them, is to teach them anatomically appropriate terminology so that if something does happen to them, they can describe it. That is so important. I heard a horror story about a young girl whose mother told her to call her vagina her cookie. And when she was sexually molested, she told, you know, her parents, so-and-so touched my cookie. Nobody batted an eye. Now, if you, my, my daughter actually, I've taught her vagina, vulva, but she doesn't like to say that. She actually says privacy. She prefers to say privacy. That's fine. As long as she knows that this is the term. She can say um, what she's comfortable with. And it, privacy, to me, that's fine because it's like, you know what that is. I touched my privacy. Like, oh, red flags going off, right? To me, that's the, the ultimate goal here if you're teaching your kids your private part or their anatomically appropriate terminology. The other thing is, is that your kids need to know that they can go to mom and dad with questions. I can talk to mom and dad with questions, and it may be an awkward conversation. It may be a difficult conversation, but I can talk to mom and dad about this. They are safe people to talk to. Now, let's say, for example, your kids come to you with a question you are not prepared for, like 100%, like, oh my gosh, I was not ready for this. You said it in front of your little brother, I want to answer you, but not in front of him. What do I do? Freak out mode. Pause. The pause is probably one of the most amazing things, you can pause and you can say, Jane, I'm so glad that you asked me that question. That's an excellent question. I don't feel like I can give you a good answer right now, or I don't have a great answer for you right now. And if you can just give me some time, I'm going to think about it, or I'm going to go look something up and we're going to come back to this question. If you're freaked out by the question, you know, because of like, oh my gosh, my baby's growing up, or oh my gosh, you asked it in front of your little brother, it's okay to freak out. Just communicate to your child that them asking you that question is good. I'm so glad that you trust me 
with that question, I am also unprepared to answer right now. So give me a few minutes or let's touch base on this after your little brother goes to bed. Um, you can stay up a little later. Ooh, exciting. Like I get the special treatment here and we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. And I'll try to answer your question as best as I can. And if you have more questions, like we will talk about this. That's the key is just being open and being available and letting your kids know that they can trust you with this. That when they do have questions come up, when their friends are talking about giving their boyfriends oral sex, real conversation that I had as a freshman in Catholic high school and was like, what the heck is happening? They need to know, hey, I can go talk to mom and dad. Like, hey, my girlfriends were talking about giving their boyfriends oral sex. What is that? What are they talking about? You need to, they need to know that they're, I I don't know the answer to that question, by the way, (laughs) if you're waiting for me to be like, and here's how you handle that situation. Haven't gotten there yet. My oldest is almost six. We're taking it a day at a time. And that's the key. That's the key is that you, you, you give your kids these building blocks. You give them anatomically appropriate terminology, which says mom and dad are not embarrassed by this. When they ask questions, you answer them. And if it's not a good time, you say, hey, can we revisit this at this time? I'd like to answer this for you. I just can't right now for whatever reason. When you send that message to your kids, they that's creating something so safe and so wonderful for them. Again, it's not a question of, of, of when or it's not a question of if. It's a question of when and from whom. And you want it to be you talking to your kids about sex. You want it to be you. It's okay if you're not comfortable. Again, going back to what I was touching on in the beginning, if this is something that's difficult for you, when your kids are young, now is the time to dig into that. Why is this uncomfortable for me? Family of origin here is huge. How was sex talked about when I was growing up? Was it something treated as shameful? Did we use anatomically appropriate terminology? Or was that not okay? Were these bad words growing up? Um, Address that. Find some, um, there's some great accounts on Instagram that you can go through, and I can link those in the show notes as well, um, that give great scripts for talking to your kids about these types of things and and how to tackle certain topics. Uh, I'll warn you, of course, none of them are Catholic because I, you know, we got to create these resources. Anyway. So some of them do promote masturbation and so on as a healthy practice. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe not. Um, But but they do give great scripts for like the young kids whenever they start asking questions and and how to address those things. I found that that side of these accounts to be pretty solid. Um, Anyway, so, you know, just take it a day at a time. Take it a day at a time. Uh, just to close this on a on a, another funny anecdote. Um, the other day we were uh, the kids have been off from school. My daughter loves school. She's in kindergarten. She loves writing her words. She loves learning her letters and so on. And we were sitting around one morning. Um, we had a week off of Christmas, all of for Christmas, all of us. And you know what else are you going to do? So she brings in these little pieces of paper and she hands them to my husband and I. She goes back and forth, um, and she wants us to write certain words. She'll say the word and then she wants us to write it. But she doesn't say right. She says, make. Mommy, daddy, I want you to make the word. Uh, I want you to make Dominic. I want you to make Evelyn. I want you to make, you know, grandma. I want you to make tree, you know. 
And then she goes, what about love? Mommy, daddy, do you know how to make love? And of course, my husband and I just look at each other and we're like, oh, my, my husband being, you know, a guy goes, yeah, boy. And I'm just chuckling. Of course, she had no idea what she was actually asking. And I just simply wrote the word love because I knew she was not asking a sex question. She was just saying, mommy, daddy, do you know how to make love? Yes, we do, my darling. And we'll tell you more about that another day. Um, But for now, we will just write the word love. So I hope that was helpful. I, you know, we're going to see how this podcast goes. I'm excited to see how everything unfolds. Uh, You can probably expect more of this type of stuff. I'm thinking if you followed me regularly on Instagram, this is probably just going to turn into um, a lot of like my Q&As and stories, but in voice form. And I can do a deeper dive on it. Um, And then I don't get 500 DMs about it that, you know, guys, sometimes I get like book long DMs and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I have time to read all this. I want to, I want to desperately, but I just can't. Anyway, this is a way for me, a new medium for me to explore. And so I'm so glad that you're joining me here and I hope it's enjoyable. I hope it's enjoyable for me. Look, if at the end of the day, I get to this point where it's like, this isn't helping no one, I'll stop it. I have no problem. Um, but for now, this just feels very fun. And um, my sanguine butt is like, let's let's do the fun things. So I hope this was enjoyable. I hope you have a great rest of whatever time of day you're listening to this. And I don't know when another episode will drop, but I'm looking forward to sharing with you then again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it brightened your day and that you laughed as much as you learned. If you're enjoying the show and want more people to learn about what I share here, please leave a review and even share with a friend. I hope you'll join me again soon. Until then.